0: Hey guys, this is Gary and welcome to another episode of Pod Wars. On Pod Wars, we like to dissect Star Wars, Marvel, and our favorite little nuggets of Geeky Media. I'm here today with my favorite nugget, Justice.
1: What's up guys? And I wish you could see Gary as he introduces us because his hands are flailing and it's just awesome to watch. <laughs>
0: I mean I I talk with my hands. I'm an animated man, okay? And like the people need to see it. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to eventually do a YouTube channel once we know, you know, look a lot hotter and have man flow. But speaking of man flow, Justice, can you tell a little bit about what's coming up next?
1: Ah, uh, yeah. So we interviewed someone who worked on the hairstyle for basically all the Marvel Netflix shows, and we had a fun little game where we took some iconic, you know, geeky superheroes or different characters. And we talked about their hairstyle and we basically like ranked them and just had a lot of fun talking about what looks good and what kind of looks okay. (laughs) And we
0: answer some of the most important questions in geeky media on is the rat tail good or no? Um, Is it a wig or is it not a wig? And is Kylo Ren hot? Expect some spiciness from the rest of this episode. (laughs) Google emo Spider-Man. Guaranteed it's okay. the first thing that comes up.
2: <laughs> okay. Oh, 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 no. Yep, oh. you
0: found it. I could tell off the reaction alone. All right, guys. We are really excited to have Pamela May on the podcast. Pamela, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. So Pamela's worked on a bunch of different shows within the Netflix realm of Marvel between Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, The Defenders, Jessica Jones, and then various other projects within TV, movies, as within the hair department and was the hair department head of these shows. And so we're excited to talk with you today, Pamela, about a little bit of the process for the hair department, how they kind of contribute to geeky media we love. So just to start it out here, um, we'd like to dive in because you're coming from the perspective of Marvel. Do you have yes. a favorite Marvel movie?
2: Well, I have two, actually, mm. and they have to do with an animal. So the first one is uh, Captain America. because She has a cat named Goose. I happen to have a cat named Goose. Do I have the right movie? Yeah, Captain Marvel. I'm sorry. Yeah, I have a cat named Goose. She has a cat named Goose. So, of course, I got to love that one. And then Guardians of the Galaxy because of the raccoon. I'm, I work in rescue. So for me, I just love any time there's like an animal in a movie that's like a superhero. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Justice, isn't that, the, isn't
1: that the same reason, Justice, that your wife likes Captain Marvel? Oh, totally. She loves Brie Larson and she absolutely adores cats. So that's, <laughs> I, that's how I convinced her to go see the movie with me.
0: Plus a raccoon with a big old gun. I mean, how could that, could you get something more adorable than that?
2: I mean, a gun and a raccoon, yes.
0: (laughs) Exactly. But let's dive into a little bit of kind of your path here and how you, how did you end up kind of becoming a hairstylist for Hollywood? What led you into that realm of media?
2: Well, I think it started when I was nine years old, if you can believe it. I used to watch Saturday Night Live with my grandmother. And I remember watching and saying, one day that's where I want to be. I want to do that kind of work. And um, you know, I went to beauty school. I was working. I'm from the West Coast, Seattle originally. And I lived up and down the West Coast doing hair. Um, and then one day I decided I'm moving to New York. and they happened to be shooting a film on my street i lived in chelsea at the time on 20 uh 21st street they were shooting a film on my street and i went home that night and i made business cards and i dropped it in the trailer the next day and i literally have been working ever since
0: (laughs) that's awesome so you just kind of cold called them to show it up and said hey i I could do this
2: I cold called, and I'm still friends with the guy who hired me to this day, and that was, I believe, 16 years ago. And I've been a hairdresser for a lot longer than that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Did you say it already? Do you have to remember the name of the project that you started out with?
2: Yes, it was called The Heights, and it was with uh, Glenn Glenn Close, and um, I remember that. When after I dropped off the cart, it was a couple hours later. Uh, the the fella called me and asked if I was available to do hair that day. And of course, I'm like, I didn't even know what to say. I'm like, I was I already had a different job, not even in the industry. And um, so he invited me to set, and it was a non-union film, so it was fine. And he, you know, showed me how to read a call sheet. He showed me what holding was. I didn't even know what that word meant. Um, I was in the trailer, Glenn Close walks in and sits in the, in the, in the chair next to me. And I'm like, holy crap, I'm sitting next to Glenn Close. <laughs> I, I cannot even believe two days ago I dropped off a business card and now I'm in a Hollywood trailer with Glenn Close. And, um, yeah, so it was pretty, pretty exciting.
1: was it uh was it a shorter or longer transition going from your I guess day job to just being full-time in Hollywood
2: it was uh it was once I made the decision it was very very fast so at the time I was working as a hairstylist in a salon and uh doing shorts and whatnot just sort of you know back you know 50 16 years ago, 17 years ago, you really had to work your way up. You know, now it's a little easier. There's so much production happening. But back then there wasn't a lot of production. You really had to work hard. I did shorts for NYU, Columbia. I mean, I worked with some really great people that are, you know, big hits now. But um, I, um, once I made the decision to quit my job, um, I took off. And then suddenly I was department heading every non-union film that was in New York City. And um, then I had the opportunity to join the union. And then I've been on uh, major features since then and now television.
1: What is the, I guess, the process of joining, being doing non-union to going to union?
2: So you so then there well still to this day there's an interview process they want to see you know how much work you have been doing whether you were doing non-union work um call sheet work uh so the interview I remember my interview I had to have a portfolio put together um my resume and then it was just like them scrutinizing my work for 2 hours <laughs>
1: like, oh, my oh
0: my word
2: God. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Yikes. Um, you know, and of course, being in the non union world, um, I didn't have a lot of wig experience, but you know, you do the best that you can. And fortunately, the little bit that I had done was, you know, it was all right. And um, so um, I was accepted into the union. In fact, Sarit and I got into the union at the very same time, my best friend, who you have interviewed. And um, we, uh, yeah, so it was uh, excruciating. It was, took about two months.
0: I just appreciate showing up to the set there with just some business cards being like, I've never done this before, and I'm going to really try to fake it so that they think I'm just like the hottest thing out here.
2: No, it wasn't even that. It was like the, the trailer was there. I knocked on the door. I just walked in. There's, and the Teamster is like changing the light bulbs. I know it's a Teamster now at the time I did it, but no one was there. And he said, oh, you get to leave the card there. So, yeah. I mean, I. I'm that person. I do that. I take chances because if you don't, you'll go nowhere.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we love doing that. We've both had jobs like that too, where it's like you show up, you apply, or whatever, and you're like, let's just see yeah. how this goes.
2: Yeah, I had um and a, a film that I was up for. I was up for two films, uh, many years ago, and um. One I really wanted to do, but the lead actor had a um, a, a person that he would normally use. And so they were kind of going back be- between me and his normal person. And so I accepted the other job because I, I couldn't wait any longer. Um, and I flew out to L.A. to have a vacation. And when I landed, they said you know, our actor wants to meet with you. And I said, okay. Um, And I had just broken down a script for this other film. So I met with the guy and I remember, I said to him, cut off all of your hair. Just cut it all off. What? was it like dreadlocks or something where are you going with this story It doesn't make any sense but what I'm saying to you is taking chances so I remember I was on the phone with this actor I didn't think I was gonna get the job at all so I just was like oh hell you know he's like well what would you do to my hair and I said well I'd cut it all off because honestly you have very similar looks to every single movie that you do and I really think you need to just have a completely different look I got the job the next day
0: And since then, he's been a great main actor for Luke Cage, has that iconic bald head. It's all thanks to you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, right. Mike, you got to cut it off.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So let's dive into a little bit of, because our listeners like us are probably very ignorant on how, one, hairstyling works and how especially the hairstylist's head works within the realm of a production. So can you kind of describe the hair department and the role of kind of leading that department?
2: Yes, I certainly can. Um, Well, first and foremost, our, you know, we work closely with the showrunner, um, the director. Our role is to design and create the look for the show based on notes, research, um, our gut instinct Uh, with the actor, the actress, based on uh, how they're feeling about the character. I tend to go psychological when I'm hairstyling. I know a lot of um, uh, actors are always taken aback when I say that. Uh, But I really because your hair is a reflection of where you are. If you've been through something traumatic, it kind of lives with you. Um, So that's so I uh, work that way. I have to hire a team of hairstylists that support me. Um, it's always great to have somebody who maybe does uh, something that you still need to work on. So, so I always have, you know, just a great team of people around me. Um, some people love to work with background artists. So I make sure I hire great people to work with them. Um, so I have to hire people, I have to work with budgets, um, breaking down a script, script notes, everything that goes into. Managing that whole department.
0: Let's, you, you kind of mentioned it a little bit on the idea of kind of the character creation, the psychology, as you said. How, what is the role and how much input do you have on kind of the look of the character?
2: Um, I would say I probably have a good <laughs> 20%. No, um, like probably like 50%. The other half is going to come from the actor. Some of it's going to come in from the showrunner director, um, but it's all collaborative. So you might start with like one idea that you're like, oh, I think this would look really good. And then suddenly you've gone into something completely different when you all start having that conversation about what that person is going to look like. Um, For an example, on Jessica Jones, when her mother comes in, um, Janet McTeer, who played Jessica Jones' mother, we started out with one particular look, and by the time we broke it down and got into more of what her style would look like. We ended up with that big, crazy, long haired wig that, you know, we wanted a Patti Smith feeling, but not really Patti Smith. Sort of like this old rock and roll feeling, but kind of crazy because that mother, she was insane. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you start, we start out with one idea. We thought we'd go with something short and maybe a little—I don't know—not quite so long and crazy. And then that's where we ended up.
0: So kind of depicting the the heart of the character through their look, because you're right—it yeah. does display a lot of the person's personality. Now, yeah, again, with us showing our ignorance, how the heck does a wig that big work? Do you guys prep that ahead of time, or do you basically just? Put it onto more of the actor or actress first. How does the process of making a wig go?
2: So, uh, I work with a wig maker, and after we land on uh, how we want the hair to look, as far as like curl or wave, or do we want it straight? What color do we want? How long do we want it to be? What texture do we want it to be? um, I have my wig maker come in, we take a mold of the head. It's done with saran wrap and tape. I mean, it sounds so, uh, I don't know, simple, but it's actually quite remarkable. We make markings around the head. Um, My wig maker takes the mold and um, builds a base, builds the wig, uh, hand ventilating. So every single hair that you see on a wig is hand tied. Most of the wigs that you see are hand tied. There are some that are only the front are hand tied or sometimes you use a synthetic or a human hair wig, but maybe it was done by a machine. But typically all of your wigs are going to be hand ventilated um, and they take, you know, anywhere from a week to two weeks to make. And so that wig um, came out of the bag. Janet, uh, Janet McTeer's wig came out of, the, uh, out of the bag when I received it. And it was just like this massive curl of hair. It was unbelievable. <laughs> and I was like, I love this wig so much. And I took it out and I prepped it and I, you know, I wash it and I put it on the block and I, you know, um, used a really large comb to sort of like move it and uh, manipulate the hair. Then just slightly I would uh, take scissors and I just sort of like do little cuts here and there just to sort of change the shape a little bit. Very passionate about it. It's just like very light touch. But um, yeah, so it takes some work to give you that end result. So like in uh, Luke Cage, season one with all of the flashbacks, all of those wigs for Mike were all hand-tied wigs as well. All of his Afro wigs. And uh, when he was in prison and um, with the Corn Road wig, all of those. Yeah.
1: That's insane. Uh, I did not know <laughs> they were handmade and like that. Oh, yeah. Um, when you guys are starting off, like he's talking about the season, do you ever take comic books and other inspirations when going into making a character? Or...
2: So let me just say, no, I do not. Um, I have no idea what the characters look like before I begin. Um, And a perfect example is uh, Jessica Jones. I didn't have any idea who this character... I don't read comic books, so I had no idea what I was getting into. And when we started Jessica Jones season one, Kristen Ritter had hair that was as long as mine. Hmm. And... I put extensions in her hair every single day to give it that length. And I remember putting it in, cutting it for the camera test, getting it all like situated with the product and uh, curling it and marrying it into her own hair. And uh, when she went out and then I was able to see what a picture of Jessica Jones looked like, I was like, holy god, I did it. I can't believe I did it. I'm not even looking at what the comic book person looked like. So, um, yeah. It's kind of like so no, you,
0: you fit the theme of the show, the theme of the character, and then if it happens to fit the comic book, you're like, hey, I actually was on the right track.
2: I did it. Yeah. So, no, I don't, I don't look at um, what... I don't look at that kind of re- re- reference material.
1: Um, so, when you guys are getting ready for a shoot, is there... Like, it, does makeup go first and then you guys are doing hair? Or are you working at the same time? Um, how does that all kind of plan out when the actor comes in to get okay, ready? Okay,
2: when they come in to get ready, it really depends on the actor. So, like, with uh, with Kristen on uh, Jessica Jones, we worked at the very same time. So, um, some, days, some days I would do Kristen's hair and then she would go do makeup. Some days, depending on um, timing, we would just do it all at the same time. So I can do hair. Uh, when you work really closely with your makeup department, you—it's like a dance. So I could do hair, and she can do makeup. But typically, I'll have uh, the actor come to me first. So if I have to do any hair cutting or whatever, it does—it's not on the face. Um, I can set the hair. They can go to makeup, and then they come back to me. But um, typically, I will have a—they um, will first.
0: Now with kind of the long shoots and we talked with this with uh sarit shameless plug to our own episode check it out where we talked to makeup effects artist sarit Sarit klein but we talk about how there's that nuance between you want to get the realism but you also have these people who are a-list actors who want to look hot um how do you kind of balance that especially with touch-ups during a shoot like the big disaster scenes things like
2: that right um i I hear you. And I think a lot of times when um, actors take on roles like this, they know they're going to get down and dirty and disgusting, especially with special effects and blood work and anything like that. But yeah, they still want to look pretty. So any, you know, wounds, uh, you know, I'm sure it spoke to this were you know, minimal, they don't really want it on the face or when it comes to hair, um, you know, yeah, we're going to make it bloody and dirty, but we also wanted to look quote, unquote, cute. So we'll make sure that, you know, I move it away from the face or I twist or I do something so it doesn't look um, jarring on the camera. So if my eye catches it, I'm like, oh, that doesn't look good. It's not going to look great right on um, camera either. Um, so just being aware of, you know, how they feel. But I also know that a lot of times um, actors love to get dirty. They like that, that mess that comes along with it. it makes them feel like they're more about the character and I like that it makes my job easier
0: yeah it's interesting with that because you do get the ones who probably are more kind of focusing on the craft and focusing on being in depth with the character that like that grittiness yeah
2: yeah and you do see actors out there that they kind of look the same in a lot of roles that they do they don't really change their look from you know pro- uh, production to production um i like it when people really go for it. charlize theron is a great example of someone who transforms every single time she does a project it's unbelievable
0: yeah she's a good example i forget what movie it was that she got lauded for a ton because she completely changed her look but
2: uh, monster that was, was it. one she gave yeah comes for yeah unbelievable
0: Really incredible change. But speaking of actors and actresses, is there, uh, not that you have to pick favorites, but let's pick favorites here. Is there a favorite actor, or actress that you've worked with that you especially are like either proud of their look or just enjoyed working with them?
2: Okay. Um, I'm going to say proud of their look is going to be Russell Crowe in The Loudest Voice. Mm. So I don't know if you saw that, but it was a Showtime limited series uh, about Roger Ailes, the book, Loudest Voice in the Room. And uh, Russell Crowe was cast as Roger Ailes. And uh, me as the department head, I did his hair. Um, And I had an amazing team of prosthetic people around me. And we completely transformed him. And it was, you know... It was amazing. He won the Golden Globe for the role. And his, I I mean, I just, I just am in awe that one, I was working on Russell Crowe. I'm just this little girl from Seattle working on Russell Crowe. But also that we just changed, just everything about him. He wore a bald cap. I did wig work on him that I just, I blew myself away. (laughs) (laughs)
0: You just step back like, hey, I'm actually really good at this kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I, I kind of can do something. Yeah. <laughs> I real, I just like where, uh, the people, I, I don't really have a, I mean, I would say yes, that would be my favorite look. But honestly, I really, I I enjoy working with everyone that I've worked with because every character and everybody is so different that it's just fun for me, so.
1: Putting you on the spot, do you have any fun uh, stories or behind the scenes, like, things that happen when you're doing hair on any of the Marvel TV shows?
2: <laughs> oh God. Well, I'm sure it did. Um, there was this, uh, one image that sticks with us. It's sort of well known, but, um, we, uh, Charlie had gone out to see a show or a play and they called him in and we had to get him ready For all of his special effects, he had um, cuts and and whip marks and everything all over his chest. So me and uh, three other makeup people were um, shaving him, grooming him, getting him all ready. We had to do all of this within like 30 minutes. And um, so that always makes me think about like teamwork.
0: Sorry, but which actor was it that you said that you had to do like basically a full kind of grooming? Daredevil, Gary. Daredevil? Okay, Charlie
2: Cox. Okay, Charlie Cox.
0: Cox. Okay. Um, Let's see. I think Sarid even sent us a picture of that. Have you guys like all crowded around the guy? That's right. So is there overall either a kind of a person within your field or maybe even a specific actor or actress with a iconic style that you think is especially iconic for Hollywood?
2: Um, For Hollywood, well, I have two actually, Jamie Lee Curtis and Diane Keaton. Mm. They're unbelievable. Their hairstyling is always contemporary with like a, they always look very classic to me. I tend to stay to a very classic look and I, they, their style may change throughout the, the years, but they always have like that same essence of their look. And um, so I love how they look. And as far as a person in the business, that would be uh, my mentor is Angel DeAngelis. She's an amazing department head, a multiple award winner. And I worked with her as I was her key for um, many years uh, when I first started. And I still can work with her to this day. And um, yeah, her, Angel. <laughs>
0: Which is great, because I imagine with this kind of field where you're basically just diving in head first, you really need that mentoring to help bring you along.
2: Oh, Absolutely. I, I mean, I kind of knew what I was doing when I was doing non-union, but then suddenly you're in the union side of it and things are completely different. And um, so it was, I was really lucky when she scooped me up. But I have another icon and I and infatuated with, um, musicians and I would have to give, I have to give it to Debbie Harry. <laughs> so I was thinking, even though she's not in Hollywood, she has an amazing, beautiful look and I just have to give her uh, a nod. So, oh, I love her.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of some amazing looks, uh, we're going to take advantage of your expertise to basically discuss a few (laughs) classic hairstyles within the realms of media that we love. So we have a few pictures here for you. And we're going to basically have you give a zero to five star review on each of these hairstyles. (laughs) And we're going to have a few questions for each. So I got to (laughs) start out with my favorite one here. If you got up here, Pamela, we got the classic Princess Leia Cinnabon style, as I like to call it. So yes. give me some initial thoughts on the Princess Leia Cinnabon.
2: Well, it's really big, but it, um, it works because she's so cute and it, was, it stayed close to the head. And it was a huge look when that first came out. You never saw anything like it anywhere in film. Uh, I, you know, when this movie came out, I was just like a little kid. And um, yeah, I, I have to say, I don't know how she heard with all that hair around her ears, but I, I do love this look. Cause it stayed tight to her head. And yeah, cute. Yeah, I'm going to give it a five.
0: That's a five, a five star. Five. Uh, you, a five. You do have a good point about the hearing though, because it's basically like she's wearing <laughs> like Bose headphones the whole time.
1: It makes me think of Spaceballs where like I don't know if you've seen that where she like takes off the the hairpiece <laughs> yes. and
0: now okay we got another one here so Padme Amidala uh yep. don't know how how tuned you are to the prequels but she has a crap ton of looks if you have anybody out there um any character ever who's had the craziest kind of looks Padme's definitely one of them so we have one yeah. here for our listeners it's kind of like yeah. The Padme version of the Cinnabon, as I'd like to say.
2: Right. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm treading here, but I can tell you, I have a feeling they added that headpiece to her forehead because I feel that if it wasn't there, you might just always be looking at the sides of her hair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a good point.
2: <laughs> because it draws your eye right back to her face. I... I have to think that's what they did with that because otherwise you're always looking at that going, wow, that is some hair. <laughs> um, have you, have I love you it. Said- I love it. I don't want to ever, you know, take away from anyone's work because I know it's a lot of work, but I, yeah, I.
1: There's I'm, the there's the one iconic where she's got like the, when she's like in the princess one, she's got the, like, it looks like triangles or. You know what I'm talking about, or like, like loops, huge loops. Yes, I always think of that as some crazy <laughs> Princess Amidala hair.
2: Yeah, it's 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 amazing to me in these movies where, like, a lot of the shows that I do. And if you if you looked at my body of work, it's really it's a lot of realism. Um, I like working with down and dirty, real styling because um, it's I think it's much harder to do than taking a wig like this and putting it on. Um, because people don't change their hair that much. It's, so it's hard for me to work in fantasy because I would not come up with any of these looks. I'm not that creative. I mean, I am, but I wouldn't I don't know that I could come up with that. I mean that I'm not in a fantasy world and that's pretty amazing stuff.
0: Now, do you think that is a wig though? Or cuz see, me being an ignorant male, I'm like, "Oh, they just did a lot of teasing to her hair."
2: No, I'm I'm going to I'm going to I'm thinking it's a wig. I don't yet for sure that has got to be at least a an entire wig or partially a wig. No one's got that much hair.
0: <laughs> Just a lot of hairspray.
2: <laughs> a lot of hair <laughs> and a lot of hairspray.
0: Okay, Justice, so can I, you uh, I... intro the next one up?
1: Yes. So we're uh, we're jumping to the sequel trilogy, and we got um Ray from the Force Awaken. And she's got, like, the, I don't know, like, three little buns in the back yep. of her hair. Um, yep. I feel like that's more natural.
2: Yeah, I mean, sure, I get up and three put, put buns in the back of my head. But I have to say, I dig this look. I've done it before with, like, ponytails, like, where you just clip it all the way down, ponytail all the way down. I love that. That's a, that's a good one. Five.
0: That's a (laughs) five-star view there.
2: That's a five. I mean, the other one I have, I want to say it's a five because I never want to take away anyone's work. It's a five with the headpiece.
0: Yeah, so they're kind of cheating there by the little headpiece.
2: Yeah, I think
0: so. Yeah, I'd say that the Ray one's definitely more natural, which it fits with the character, kind of like you mentioned the psychology of the look.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, like she's just trying to keep it out of her... Like, out of her way so that she can, like, the sand doesn't get into it. Yeah, she can
2: go to battle with her hair and it's not getting caught on anything. Where those, you know, the big dope things, it's like, holy cow.
0: (laughs) And then conversely, with hair that's going to get caught on everything going into battle, we got my favorite uh, dark side user here, our boy Kylo Ren. So what are your thoughts on Kylo Ren and his man flow?
2: Well, I love a man flow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, I don't know, I just I love this look. I love everything about it. I love it. I love the color. I like the feeling of it. I think it totally works with this character. I just I like all the the you know, I know a lot of this was also done on a green screen, so I love that you can see all the little, you know, the curls and all the stuff that goes around it. It's amazing. It's beautiful.
1: Gary's got a man crush for Kylo. I do. I
0: do.
2: I would, I would, too, for sure.
0: <laughs> Which I appreciate that as an expert opinion, because my wife is like, Kylo Ren isn't hot. And I'm like, come on. That guy is a beefcake right there. Uh,
2: looking at that picture, he's really hot. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's dark. He's evil. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's
0: evil. He, you want to change him, but you also like that he's a bad
1: boy. I mean, come on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yes.
1: All right, speaking of bad boys, we got my favorite bad boy and probably my man crush. Uh, Up next, we have the iconic Hugh Jackman and with his Wolverine look, what's your thoughts on this look?
2: I gotta say, I love it as well. I think that bringing, now that little piece in the front, I don't know if it was there the entire time, but I have to say it's such a good little piece coming down. In his in the front, it detracts from the fact that he's got points on the side of his head. But it, it look they look like ears, like a wolverine, like a dog. It's perfect.
1: It's so so good. I, I was gonna say I think this one they t- really took from you know the comics with oh for sure he he just like a comic book character. He does. I think
0: it looks like Bedhead, but that's kind of my own bias there. <laughs> like no
2: that. <laughs> That took a lot of work. That took work. That doesn't just happen. Okay. <laughs> See, I think that all people don't understand is like, that's a look that has to be constantly cut probably at least once a week to maintain continuity because, you know, his hair doesn't grow. And uh, it's just, it's a lot of work. It's, you know, I don't know how long it would take. Each person styles hair differently, but that takes work to make that hair like that and to last throughout the day.
0: So next up, we got another classic man flow with Thor with his long blonde hair. A man
2: flow with a (laughs) beautiful wig. I think that's a wig. Ah, okay. And it's... I'm going to guess it's a wig. Um, They may have used some of his own hair. I mean, a lot of times we'll use like the front of um, uh, an actor's hair. An actress as well, We'll a lot of times we'll use like the front of their own. Um, Oftentimes, we don't. Um, a good tell is um, how far the hairline is on a person. Mm. Also, another good tell, and I do it all the time when I'm watching TV, especially because now the TV screens are so big and everything's in HD. When I'm watching, um, this is why it's hard for me to watch movies and television because if I see something, I catch it, and then I'm taken out of it but I will literally see glue lace work on the side of the face and I will stop it and I'll look at it and I'll be like, Oh my God, look at that. But no one else is going to see it. Cause I'm looking for it as a hairdresser. I'm always looking for the little bits and pieces um, and then try to be aware of that in my own work. But yeah, so I'm guessing that's a wig.
1: I personally like the, uh, the Thor Ragnarok look where he's got like it's his legit hair and it's like cut and, nice and I don't know not man flow anymore I don't know I like Chris Hemsworth with a with a more of a buzz look
2: yeah I don't know I kind of like the long hair too <laughs>
0: <laughs> see it, they they fool me on this one I there's definitely some cases where heck even our untrained eyes look at it and we're like that's definitely awake I feel like you're right the hairline really gives it away
2: the hairline for sure how thick it is um, if it doesn't move a lot of times, um, sometimes they, there won't be a lot of um, uh, little tiny baby hairs that you typically find mm-hmm. in hairlines. Um, but again, it's fantasy. So sometimes they're, you know, they take away from that.
1: All right, Justice, who do we have next? So I'm excited to talk about Marga. this character because I feel, like, I feel like she's a great actress and she does a great job in her two movies. We're talking about uh, oh, yeah. Harley Quinn. Um, yes. so one of the questions I got is r- right now we're looking at her iconic like picture from suicide squad where, um, she's got the piggy tails and the one's pink and one's blue. Oh. Do you think that those are just extensions and they like colored it? Um, or do you think that's like actually her hair and she colored that?
2: I am going to say, I believe that she wears a lot of wigs. No, I should know better because I know the people who did the makeup, but, um, I I should know better. I'm gonna say that I I believe she wears a lot of wigs. She may have done her color on her own hair. I'm not I don't really know, but I will say I freaking love this look. (laughs) I love it so much. As far as extensions go, I don't know that you would add extensions just to do this. I would say either they used, um, like a three quarter wig using, um, her own front or it was a complete wig and they, cause it's hard to maintain color like that for any sort of continuity. But, um, yeah, I don't think they just used hair pieces.
0: And I'm probably going to explain this terribly, but the two, like, uh, hair strands, tendrils coming down there. I'd imagine that that would be very hard to maintain through a whole shoot without all just kind of flooding down into weird curly hairs going out the side.
2: Yeah, yes. Fronts are always really fun. (laughs) It's like, it's the first part that goes crazy. So, um, yeah.
0: Now, next up, we have uh, Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique. And it's kind of like a Gordon Gecko meets Avatar kind of look.
2: <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, well, I, I've, I think that is an incredible look. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, we're gonna say that a lot of this is done in post, so they can clean all that up. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Do you think I'm it's mostly say,
0: CGI or mostly yeah, practical? I
2: think that, I think, uh, I think that it's real. But I'm going to say the front probably with the makeup is probably CGI. They had to clean that up in the end. I mean, you can see a lot of her skin through there, um, but definitely there's. I'm not quite sure how they how they would have laid that, but yeah. I mean, it's absolutely real beautiful yeah you can see the little hairs along the side peeking out you can see behind it but um yeah that work is really cool somebody had to really think about that
0: and that's another probably pretty comic accurate one but the next one is eh, not so much in the comic accurate i i feel like that's got to be a way we got halle berry as storm in x-men
2: no, for sure. I mean they all wore wigs in X Men. Um but um yeah this was this was definitely a choice. This was a choice um for this character.
1: This look is uh kind of like it's kinda of weird, it hits home for me because my mom had this hair. But like I'm always like, why did why did she do that? I know. <laughs>
2: I, I know. I I That there's, I mean, there are so many wild conversations that happen. Sometimes you're like, why did they do that? I mean, there must've been a reason, but, um, I didn't, I mean, as far as the, you know, the character it's interesting. The color is amazing though. And again, this is a hard look to maintain on someone's real hair. Those roots with the silver gray, like that. Unbelievable. So of course it's going to be a wig.
0: Now, we have a great glow-up coming up. Justice, can you describe this one for us?
1: Yeah, so we got, just to let you guys know, we got uh, two more characters. Yes. Um, The first one being Hayden Christensen. We're starting off with the rat tail look, moving into his iconic man flow in episode three. What are your thoughts, Sarit? Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Pamela.
2: I don't take that. I love. I would love to be a Sarit. Um, (laughs) I... I well, first of all, I love both of these looks. I love a rat tail. I think, you know, I'm from the 80s. And um, I love everything about that. And of course, this this longer hair is going to be a wig and it's beautiful. Beautiful. But you see what I mean? Like, obviously, with that short hair and the rat tail, psychologically, that's where that character is. And then the hair grows down and is longer. Um, I don't uh, know much about the characters but he's either gotten really evil or he got really soft
0: uh in anakin's case it's both
2: well there you go it <laughs> matches the hair <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh that's great yeah i mean i i do i, I both appreciate and hate the rat tail are uh good friend and for and co-host here evan who couldn't make it today he uh, showed up for halloween one year with one of his former dreadlocks and recreated this look and it was probably far like- one of the most disgusting things i'd ever seen
2: okay i'm gonna tell you a story really quick about a rat tail so um, I was the department head for a, a little TV show called Ray Donovan, and um, they came to New York for season six and seven, and they were introducing a new character in season uh, six, and it was Sandy Martin. And as I was reading this character, she, uh, I don't know if you know the show or know many of uh, much about the characters, but, you know, she was... She grew up with Mickey Donovan, who's Ray's father back in Boston. She's kind of like a real hard-ass and um, real tough. Anyway, so when I was reading the character, I was like, oh, yes. We were, had our hair makeup meeting with the, the director for the episode. And I said, Sandy needs a rat tail. I just feel like this character would have a rat tail. And he said, are you kidding? And I said, no, I feel like She's this crazy badass, like from the 70s and the 80s. And it's the one thing that she can hang on to um, that that keeps her on that edge. And we got the rat tail. And a little nod was the uh, the showrunner created a shot to feature the rat tail to introduce Sandy to Ray Donovan. (laughs) you're like that's her little you.
0: ounce of badass is by keeping the rat tail that's her like oh, yeah. to society.
2: And it's a, no, I mean, you have no idea like i got so many comments about the rat tail people writing me oh my god a rat tail really and, and then people write me i want a rat tail how do i get a rat tail i'm like oh my god i want to bring the rat tail back <laughs> <laughs>
0: Now, we have one that we added in last minute. Again, okay. uh, upon request of our co-host who couldn't make it, we're big fans of the original tr- Spider-Man trilogy. and Spider-Man 3, you got Tobey Maguire with his emo phase. Uh, classic emo oh, Toby.
2: <laughs> where would I see a picture of that?
0: Uh, do you have it up on the Google Doc here?
2: No, it's not there. Okay,
0: e- uh, Google emo Spider-Man. Guaranteed it's the first thing that comes up.
2: <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, oh no. Yep, oh. you
0: found it. I could tell off the reaction alone.
2: I I don't know much about this look, but um I I don't I don't know about it. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. That's that's I was your uh about the emo thing because I feel like being a kid from the eighties and going to the clubs in like 1984 when we all had that long bang thing, I always think that they're sort of ripping off like the new wave kids from like 1984. Um, but as far as that that long bang thing in the front, um that emo, I don't I, I never saw the movie. I apologize. I should be better about stuff like that. Um, but I'm not a fan of that look.
0: Well, it, it gives you an impartial observer kind of opinion. Zero to five. How would you rate Emotobi right now?
2: I saw him walking down the street. I'd be like, oh, look at that. That's like a four.
0: <laughs> That's very gracious for <laughs> this character's look. I mean, it's like...
2: Well, you know, I, I you know, I also like, I wouldn't... I mean, it's tricky because I, you know, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm judging someone else's work and their choices, and I wouldn't want someone, you know what I mean? Like ah, um, but if I saw the person walking down the street, I'd be like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Maybe, maybe that's a three. If I saw him walking down the street, but maybe a four. I don't know. <laughs> Forgive <Kevin A! laughs>
0: me. I mean, if. If you feel bad about dragging him, don't worry. the last what ten years since his film has gone out. it has been constantly dragged on, so it's an iconic drag on kind of look
2: well then obviously it has it's made an impact it clearly has made an impact <laughs> and in the
0: end, that's all that matters
2: <laughs> That's all that matters because we're still talking about it ten years later.
0: <laughs> now, moving to just. This- A little bit more of kind of your career path here for anybody who's interested in kind of the either becoming a hairstylist or pursuing that contribution to media what are some advice you'd give to those individuals
2: oh god make sure you um don't know everything (laughs) get a really good cosmetology, uh, background. So you understand about hair setting and about hair cutting and learn as much as you can, um, always be open and don't, uh, you know, just take that chance. I'm, you know, surround yourself with the people that can get you where you need to be. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. That's what I, I mean. Looking back and telling Pamela May, I would be telling her the very same thing. Yeah.
1: So when we uh, wrap up our interviews, we like to ask a question um, for someone who has such a you know a awesome and prolific career. We always want to know what has been your greatest professional failure and how have you learned from that?
2: Um, professional failure. Oh God, it's. I mean, only one comes to mind. Um, but there was uh you know we work so many hours um and you're with these people and sometimes they feel like you they're your family or your friends and you still have to remember that you are working for someone and never to take advantage of that or feel that it's a it's a false sense of, of intimacy is how i like to explain it so when you're working on someone's hair you know, for twelve hours a day, sometimes fourteen hours a day, for five months, you sort of feel like maybe you know them better than what you do. And um sometimes you can give too much information and sometimes you get too much information. So, um, I would say,, um, you know, I had a situation with an actor once, and um, you know, I didn't apologize for something, and it turned out. To be a beautiful lesson because to this day this person and i are very close so it was a i now i, I know <laughs> just apologize <laughs> even if you forget at the moment <laughs> so yeah that's a little a little hard to talk about but um yeah
0: which i think is definitely true for a lot of fields where you have a lot of one-on-one time i know for myself i work in healthcare, and you have patients say all kinds of things to you that you're like this is definitely like deeper content and you have to learn that professional separation
2: yes yes so i definitely i mean even though i enjoy everyone who sits in my chair i always have to remember too i'm working for them you know i'm working for them even though we're working together so
0: yeah absolutely well, thank you again so much, Pamela, for coming on the show. We love having your uh, input and all of the extra little bits, especially on—I mean, for me personally, on the emo Toby hair. I loved your shock finding that on Google. Would be like, oh, oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, this is. Really fun, you guys. So thank you. Um, I loved all the questions and, um, yeah, it's, I love when people ask questions about hairdressing and hairstyling. It's pretty cool. Cause you don't really think about that when you're looking at TV, you go, Oh, look at that. But don't really think about like what goes into it. It's a lot of work worthwhile though for sure
0: absolutely now is there anywhere i I don't know how active you are with this social media or whatnot is there anywhere that our listeners can go to to either learn more about you or see some of your work in particular
2: um well my instagram handle is hairbender212 H A I R B E N D E R 212 Hairbender, get it? I bend hair for a living. I know it's so stupid. Um <laughs> uh, that's that <laughs> but I also run um so that they can learn more about me, I don't really get too personal on Instagram, um, but i will you know, I'm sharing stuff right now. Since we're working with COVID, just showing how much, much more of a challenge it is to doing hair, wearing a mask, wearing the PPE, wearing a robe. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. But if that's what we have to do to make it happen, then that's what we're gonna do. So, yeah.
0: And like usual, everyone, you can get in touch with us at Pod Wars Podcast on Twitter or ask podcast at gmail.com and again have a great week. Thank you. Uh Justice, can you say I don't know uh a
1: short tongue twister so I can get your sound check here. I will not do that because I don't know any off the top of my head. Um or what what's the um oh shoot I, I, uh, how many rob lows are it was what is it? Um if Rob Lowe could rob Lowe's, how many uh dang it, I don't know what it is off the top of my head. <laughs> either like, way it has Rob, Lowe, rob Lowe and I love rob him in Parks Lowe's. of Rec.
0: Um I'm gonna listen back to that right, here. Right. It's like it